Hello and welcome to the Swan Song Project podcast. My name is Ben Buddy Slack. I'm the founder of the Swan Song Project and the host of this podcast. The Swan Song Project is a charity based here in England and we help people living with terminal illnesses or dealing with bereavement to write and record an original song. We believe in celebrating lives, making memories and leaving legacies. If you'd like to find out more about the charity, you can check out our website, which is swansongproject.co.uk. The podcast features songwriters. And each week, I have a different guest on. We talk about one of their songs. I ask them how they wrote it. Uh, they share with me a songwriting tip. And I also ask them for a song that's meaningful to them in some way relating to bereavement. This episode features Pauline Scanlon, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, today I'm here with Pauline Scanlon. Thanks for joining me, Pauline. Thanks a million. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Um, so this is the Swan Song Project podcast. If you're new to the podcast, uh, we do it in three sections. First, we're going to have one of my guest songs. I'm going to talk a little bit about how they uh, came to do that, if you wrote it or arranged it. Uh, next, I'm going to ask for a songwriting tip. Uh, and then we're going to talk about a song that's meaningful to my guest in some way relating to bereavement. Uh, so I'll hand it over to you now, Polly, and ask you to introduce your song for us, please. Well, my song is called False False.
Okay, brilliant. So that was uh, False False. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful song, Pauline. And uh, so yes, what can you tell us about? Is it a traditional song? It's a traditional song, yeah. And when I picked it to sing, I'm predominantly a song, um, a traditional singer. I dabble in songwriting and uh, mostly collaboratively, actually, or nearly all collaboratively. Um, but I am... Um, I like I like old songs. I like old things. I like old things in general, and I like the sense of kind of solidarity that um, you get from old songs. So that the enduring themes of them, I guess, so that if somebody had a broken heart two hundred years ago, that you somehow have you know you share some kind of solidarity with them two hundred years later, singing the same words but through different circumstances. So what I like to do is when I get an old song, I really like to adapt it, and quite often I'll tinker around with it and change words and change the melody, obviously, or you know, and sometimes I don't. But um, with that one, I, that's what I did. I kind of really related it to, to my own life. I was going through a kind of a broken heart period at that time. And um, the line, false, false, have you been to me, my love? That just really resonated with me. But I just tinkered around with some of the words and just personalised it. Mm. Yeah, so it's a really powerful song. Um, and it's got, well, I mean, I've listened to that the album of yours. It's from... Uh, Gossamer is it pronounced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful album. And like throughout it, I think what you do really well is you take the traditional songs but make them sound very modern. Yeah. Um, so I was going to ask you a bit about that. So it'll, uh, it, do you have a kind of similar process for when you take a traditional song and, record, and arrange it or is it different every time? How, how do you go about it's different and it's kind of project specific, I guess. When I'm doing singing traditional songs that are under my own name for my own solo albums, I have a process for sure. And then, but if I'm doing something, I do a lot of collaborative work. I'm in a lot of collaborations and mm. quite often with instrumentalists and their kind of tunes and songs band as the genre goes. Um, and I kind of do things slightly differently for those. And I'm in a few bands that are harmony groups and things. So I, they, they all have their own process, but certainly for my own music, even though I sing a lot of traditional songs and I listen to a lot of traditional music, I also have a lot of other influences and aesthetically then that definitely influences how the songs come out the other end. And it's not that I make a conscious effort to modernize anything because I don't necessarily believe that that's necessary. It's just the way they come out. It's just what mm. I like to listen to kind of finds its way onto my albums and stylistically, I guess, as well. And then I work with a producer a lot in London called John Reynolds, and we've made we're just working on our third solo project, but we've been involved in so many things together over the years, and it's very much his his stamp also. Mm. Yeah, I think it must be an interesting process of like and like that's a lot of my musical upbringing was learning traditional songs as well but mm. like never taking them to, to that you know just kind of copying them like the way the Dubliners would do with them <laughs> mostly yeah yeah um so yeah it's an interesting way because I mean, it's, it's similar to songwriting in that way isn't it where it's yeah you've got a source of inspiration but then it's finding a way to make it to yeah. do, do the way you want to do it do it the way you want to do it and to make it relevant and for me certainly I'm a very emotional singer like traditional singing can be quite academic and the material can be ac academic and the approaches can be academic and I love that and I'm really interested in it and I dabble in that element of it as well I guess but I really want to tug at the heartstrings and I want when I'm listening to stuff or even when I'm singing myself I want my own heartstrings to be tugged at it's just it me it's everything to me mm. um, and I love that feeling of listening to somebody and the minute you hear their voice before you even know what the song is about you get 
you get tears in your eyes you know so that's that's what I'm always looking for yeah and so I think that's you know I'm always coming from that place of I suppose emotional vulnerability yeah that's good that's what and you said that that's, that's just resonated with me from when I heard when I first heard that album that's what I think the definition was this, the distinction I mean um that with a lot of kind of traditional stuff it, it does have that more academic feel as you say and sometimes mm. it's whereas that's why I think yours got through to me as quickly as it did and kind of really resonated with me um okay. here <laughs> yeah so yeah that's a good way of putting it. it was one of the things where like I heard it and I was just kind of hooked by it and when I mean, obviously it's yeah it's a beautiful album beautiful songs and everything but that's what I think I think you just nailed what the, de- the distinction was that it's the yeah. emotional, emotional yeah. device um is there anything like how when you when you're doing your song selection then for a project is the, are all the songs do you like I guess you obviously you probably know lots of traditional songs um mm. do you have ones that like for my next album I want to record these or is it more like like you said with false false where something's gone on something that resonates to you at that moment in time based on your life that you choose your songs around it it varies like interestingly I'm I'm in the process of um, recording my my next album and uh it is based on the life of my late mother so my mother passed away seven eight years ago I'm terrible with remembering years and chronology and all of that I think like anyway it's really bad but seven years ago or eight years ago and um I wanted to she was a feminist and she had lived a quite an interesting life in the sense that I suppose Ireland hasn't always been the best place to be a woman and she she just had she just lived a life that it would be typical of many Irish women of her of her era so I wanted to link um, traditional songs to modern women so I took the life of my mother who was passed on and broke it into 10 stages and have attributed a traditional song to each of the 10 stages of her life. So like that was the process <laughs> for, for selecting the songs for the next album. And so it, it varies from album to album. Like sometimes I'll really be thinking about the aesthetic about what I want something to sound like or the mood that I want to create. Um, and other times then it's just, it's, it's more focused. Like on this new album, for instance, I wanted to find a song that positively portrayed female sexuality, a traditional song. And like I had Shade in my head, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) so. So, I mean, there is only one really or two. There are very few of them. But like so it, it kind of depends, you know, but I think as I get older and the longer I sing traditional songs, at least I think intention is kind of you know what do you intend to say or how do you intend somebody to feel or how do you intend to to feel you know like intention is really quite important to me like what's the purpose of this and I think I've grown out of singing nice songs you know I think Mm. I need something more more from them in return and to give something more with them as well I think Mm, that's really interesting um how did you go about finding those songs? So that's, that's really interesting process. So you broke it down to these different sections. Yeah. And then were the songs like originally you like, you know, ones that you knew straight away of like, that'll be a good one for there. Or did you, what was your research process? Like, how did you find the, the songs? Some of them, some of them were that, like I had some in my mind. And then I applied to the Arts Council of Ireland for a bursary grant to do the research. So I researched the songs. I went to the Traditional Music Archive in Dublin. I have, um, 
library of songbooks. They're all songbooks <laughs> over there, <laughs> myself. And I also know a lot of amazing singers. I'm lucky enough to know a lot of amazing singers. So I did all of the at-home stuff, the books and the online. There's amazing online resources. But what I actually found to be the most helpful was I did up an email of the, the life stages and a brief outline of what, what I wanted to do with the recording and what, why I wanted to do it. And I just sent it to all the song collectors that I knew and that I didn't know and all the singers that I knew and that I didn't know. And I got amazing responses from people like everybody sent me back suggestions under all that you know maybe try this one try this one try this one so then I just went through them all and settled settled on 10 but it was an amazing process it was an amazing way to get a glimpse into the representation and the agency of women in traditional song which which interests me and which I feel kind of a responsibility to stand over my choices you know yeah yeah it sounds like a brilliant project um how's the album going and like is it going to be out anytime soon or? It's going good. I crowdfunded to get to get the capital together to make it since none of us have been working for however long. Now. And that went really well. And I've recorded all the tracks and we're mixing at the moment, but everything is virtually. And I'd really hoped that I'd have it out by kind of May, June. But it's just all of the things I need to do, like I need to get photographs taken and just do different things. And it's just it's just not possible at the moment. So um, so I just have accepted it that this is just the way it's going to be and it'll be ready when it's ready <laughs> yeah yeah i'll have to keep an eye on that i'll put i'll tag all your social media pages and stuff yeah, in, the, in the description for this so anyone listening can uh, follow your pro uh, process with it yeah hopefully it won't be too long before before we listen to it cool, um, yeah that sounds great uh one of the things i was going to ask you going back to your your singing style and that um the importance of putting the emotion and vulnerability and things into the song. Do you ever find songs that you have a go at and you can, it's difficult to do? Or like, is it something that, like, do you feel like you need to have that personal connection with certain songs or is it a, a skill that you, you know how to do regardless of what you're singing? I'm terrible at singing things regardless. Like I find some songs too emotional. There are songs like, and sometimes like I'd be singing a song for years and then something would happen in my life and it would suddenly resonate a bit more. And I'm just all over the place. Like I've been in so many situations. I have a really close friend, Ailish Kennedy, and we were in, we are in a band together though we haven't gigged for quite some time, but um, we're more in a sisterhood together, I think, but um, called Lumiere and she's an amazing singer. She's a beautiful voice and she would just, she just always makes me cry. Um, but quite often you know we'd find ourselves in situations and the next thing you might come up to a line in a song and then she'd look at me or I'd look at her and then one of us would be crying and you'd be just like oh my god and sometimes I get very overwhelmed um then there's other times where I would be asked to sing something for a particular gig or you know I tend to avoid bands because I'm not very diplomatic when it concerns material like I like what I like and I don't like what I don't like and I don't like people who don't like, but oh, no, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so they, I find it very hard to sing things that I don't connect with, like almost torturous and painful. Like I, I, there's nothing, there is a, a kind of a hollow feeling or something that comes with it that I'm sure you, you probably know yourself. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a funny old process, isn't it? I completely resonate with you about certain songs when I've had a few times where a song that you've, you maybe sung it for years and years, and it's always meant one thing to you, then something happens in your life, and the next time you sing it, a line comes up and you're just like, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> just break down on stage in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, it must be, it's even more interesting with the really old songs as well, isn't it? Of like, as you say at the start of, I always remember um, when Bruce Springsteen released his Seeker Sessions album. Yeah. And he did a cover of Mrs. McGrath. Yeah, yeah. You know, Mrs. McGrath. And um, I remember I think was, he did a live performance of that and he said, he said, you know, this song was written 300 years ago or something like that. And it was, as, it's every bit as relevant today as it was then. And then when I heard that, I was probably, I think I was a teenager or so at the time. I remember that just hitting me being like, that's amazing. That's, you know, that a song was written that long ago and it's still yeah. just as, and it's something that's really important with one song project, you know, like we're writing songs for people at the end of their lives yeah. and the idea then that song might live on. Um, and the traditional music community are living proof that that is a really powerful thing, you know, mm -hmm. because like quite often I really feel that very intensely when I sing a song that's generations old or, you know, that that you really are. It's just that sense of solidarity. It's just overwhelming to me, really, sometimes that I'm like, my God, this, you know, some enough people felt this or loved this song to, to preserve it for this long in oral mm. tradition you know like it's it's a very powerful thing yeah definitely how how what about with some of the old songs like the the original writers get lost don't they just you know it's just mm. traditional that's something that really interests me as well at least you know that a song can connect to you yeah. so much but who wrote it like some, some of them do and some of them then are attributed to famous writers who have written, mm. who would have written a lot of poets quite often. And then the airs come from the tunes, but it depends like, you know, for instance, I was talking to a friend of mine recently, Sheila Denver, Dr. Sheila Denver, and she is an absolute authority on the Shano, on Shano singing, you know, when she was talking about um, it depended at who was doing the collecting, you know, who was mm. collecting the songs and what did they deem, what did they, they think was important. So for instance, you'd have the walking songs, lots of working songs, very well preserved in Scotland and lots of them, but we don't have that many of those in Ireland. So it was really depended on the agenda or mm. agendas of usually the men that were collecting, you know, um, and historians and all, all of that kind of thing. So, yeah, so that's, you know, you you'd like wonder about how much we've lost you know or how much is still hidden and all that kind of thing yeah yeah especially like we've, i think it's easy to take for granted now how easy it is to record things i like whereas all those songs like say were passed down in all traditions yeah and all those verses <laughs> <laughs> yeah amazing memories <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, can I just ask you quickly about the Gossamer album? Is sure, it, yeah. It's a Gossamer, is that my fancy? Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I only came across it recently and it was on a, on a podcast a few weeks ago with uh, Waiting for Wednesday, who are a duo based near here, and they'd selected um, the, old, the Old Churchyard. Yeah. Um, as their song about bereavement. Um, and yeah, and, so they'd had it, someone had performed a version of it at a funeral, someone they knew was what they, uh, how they first come across the song, but then it was your version that was sent to me. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, that's just an amazing song itself. But I was going to ask about the the album on the whole. Was there any kind of theme with that or any kind of... Um... Not really. That was very much a collection of songs that I was really enjoying singing at the time. You know, mm. that there wasn't really a theme 
as much as that. But then, like, after I spoke, people asked me that. And it was after my own mother had passed away. And uh, the producer of that album, John Reynolds, who's like family to me, we're, we're very close friends. Somebody asked me in his presence and um, I was like, no, not really. And then he was like, is it not death? And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. So many of them do have that as a central theme not all of them but it was definitely really prevalent throughout it and it was not long after my own mother had passed away so it was it was kind of filtering through me and I hadn't even realized it you know yeah so I guess they probably all have themes in in ways that we maybe we don't we're not aware of yeah I've popped on enough to know it about myself yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess if, you, if it's kind of a lot of time it's natural those songs that you're drawn to like yeah you know, yeah I was thinking you can't choose what you're interested in at a particular time, can you? So you were kind of had lost your mum, and then all of a sudden you're interested in these these songs, maybe not yeah. consciously putting that together, but yeah, yeah, that's just the way it all came out. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, great stuff. So let's move into section two now, shall we? This is where um, I ask my guest to share a songwriting tip with us. Um, so, what would your tip be first, Pauline? really have songwriting tips I think I'm probably per se in the sense that I think I could probably do with a few songwriting tips <laughs> but um in terms of like arranging things and adapting songs all of the songwriting that I do tends to be collaborative collaboratively with other people but um I guess a tip that I would have is really really in terms of traditional songs and adapting them is to really really find the ones that speak to the emotional side of you. Like you can always find the academic links to make or just the reason for singing it or the language or the place or the historical event or whatever. But to really connect with people, I think you need the emotional resonance in them. And sometimes I feel that it's, sometimes I don't, I don't always hear it, is mm. what I'm trying to say. And I think when, when you do, it's the most powerful thing. Vulnerability, you know, like just be vulnerable in it and just find the most painful part of yourself and link it to that, mm. you know? Yeah. That's my yeah, that's really good. So, so we've, um, how, so how do you, is that just something that you know automatically when you, when you hear a song, like, is it an immediate kind of thing that you get or is it, yeah and I know as a singer like you know I we all have strengths and faults I guess I don't really like to be thinking about our own faults or anybody else's either for that matter but um I think one of the things that people have how I have managed to really connect with people over 25 years of doing it or whatever is emotionally you know and like people it's the most powerful thing, you know, it's, it, and the way to do that is to just expose yourself, you know, you expose your own vulnerability and your own delicacies and let them see and feel your pain and joy and all of those other things, you know, but I think they're all a little bit when you're vulnerable, they're all a bit linked, you know, mm. you're like I used to because I sang about love so much growing up and through my teens and 20s and even 30s and I suppose I've kind of broadened out but I predominantly sang about love that I used to confuse love and pain because they're so inextricably linked in song and in traditional song you know you, there's virtually no happy love songs mm -hmm. and if they are happy they're usually about something else they're like happy humorous or happy 
you know, quite maybe slightly flippant. Um, so the love songs are nearly all painful. So and it seeped into my life. Like I used to confuse love and pain all the time. I used to think that love wasn't worth having unless it was also painful. You know, so like yeah. <laughs> it's a complex, it's a complex thing. But I think if you let people into that side of yourself, then then they will connect with it because I think that's we that's universal, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's a good point as well about the uh, the amount of pain in love songs. <laughs> yeah, desperate. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to ask you about your your collaborative writing projects? And yeah. I guess so. Um, you said you've been involved with quite a few different ones. Mm. Is the particular is there, I guess probably different ways, but is there particular elements of that that you find? that you enjoy more than others or like, like, do you like doing lyrics or you do melody stuff or is it all a bit collaborative? Or? It's all a bit collaborative. Like I do it. I think there's people that I, that I buzz off doing it with more so than processes. Um, mm. I think there's definitely people. I work a lot with um, two pals of mine, Alan Doherty and Tola Costi and we have found ourselves over the years, they're both instrumentalists, um, over the years in many different incarnations of folk bands. And I really enjoy, I just did a project with them called Pharaoh and we wrote four pieces in one day, or four pieces in four days. So like in, in one day each and made uh, videos for them. And they ranged from like instrumental pieces with melodic, structures for me to full-on songs and I think it's just the people and I like as much as, as I really enjoy um, like being a singer and being a lead singer singing words and music put together I also love being a backing vocalist and I think what I enjoyed about that process of writing was that I was part of the band as well you know, that it wasn't just straight down the middle of it with words and music, that it was just kind of coming up with chords, vocal chords and layering stuff. And I, I really enjoy that. And I love singing harmonies for other people. I like being a band member as much, if not more, as a lead singer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Um, what are some of the key, obviously, the key differences of like, you know, you're not being the lead singer when you're being a backing singer. But, um... <laughs> yeah. Oh, <it's> the <laughs> The glory. <laughs> <laughs> do you um do you feel less pressure as a backing singer or is it like is it probably more pressure actually? More pressure. more pressure. Um I love I'm all about solidarity in life in general. Um and I find that when there's two singers or more, that there's a real sense of solidarity. And I'm lucky I I'm in a band called Bird and the Wire and it's a reinterpretation or an interpretation of the songs of Leonard Cohen. And I sing with two of my best mates, three of my best mates. Um, they're in a band called The Wileaways and they're like a harmony band and we're all friends for 20 years. And we have like, we're almost at this point in our lives like a shoal of fish or starlings or something that we just have a way of almost mind reading when it comes to harmonies and who takes what line and we could quite often go to sing a song that none of us have ever sung before and like not never end on the end up on the same line so I think there's just something about that understanding and it's almost like an intimacy between people 
and a solidarity and a sense of sharing. I love when you sing with other singers and, you know, when you sing with another singer and you really want to do it well, you have to give up part of your own identity. Like you have to give up your own sound and, and match together to make a new one. That's half you and half them. And I love that. Like, I love it as a process because I think it's good for the ego. I think it's good. I just think it's interesting and I think it's challenging and you have to work on your phrasing and your tone and the weight of something. And, you know, it's, there's a lot of learning in it and it's a bit crafty. Like you have to know how to do it. And I re I just really, really enjoy doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, there's something really special about making music with people, particularly over, over a number of years and the way you get that kind of, just like you want to complete the same wavelength with uh, yeah. something yeah, really brilliant. special about it. It's, a, it's, it's yeah. such an interesting form of communication, isn't it? Of, there's, I feel like there's levels to it. And it's like you, can play, like you can play music with people, with lots of different people, but when you've been working with someone for that long, or, or sometimes I guess you can just get it really quickly with people, but where it is like you just just completely in sync, it's, uh, it's a very special thing. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, magic. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to listening to the uh, Bird and the Wire stuff as well. I'm a huge Leonard Cohen fan, so I was... Uh... Oh, yeah, it's all up online. We did a few online... Um, we did an online gig there recently, and it's, it's up on YouTube anyway. I'll send you the link. Yeah, I found one earlier. I think it was like an hour 20 show. Yeah. Um, and then, so I've got, it, I've got it saved on the thing to listen to later Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, great stuff. So let's move into section three now. So this is where I ask my guests to share with us uh, a song that means mean something to them related to bereavement. And what I do here is I put the link in the description to the podcast. So um, I'll spoil to introduce it in a moment. And then if you aren't familiar with it, you can pause the episode here, go listen to that, come back, and we're going to have a chat about it. Uh, so what song did you choose for us, Polly? Um, I chose Grief um, by Ethnani Ulehorn. And the album, it's really interesting. It's, she is my favourite traditional singer of all time. She is, she sadly passed on, I think, about 18 years, probably pushing on 20 years. She's the most incredible um, singer and songwriter. And really, she was far ahead of her time in the sense that she straddled that world of really a connection with ancient and a connection with tradition and language, but also very forward looking, very innovative and extremely talented at composition and harmonies. She's an amazing songwriter, but also had that real ancient, you know, anchor. Mm. Um, and so she wrote this album before she passed away and she didn't get to finish it. And then her son, Donald, actually finished the album after she had, after she had mm. died. So, so that's what is just so special about it. So in that song, Grief, she's singing about grief and, and she recorded it obviously before she passed away, but she didn't get to finish it. And then they pieced it together and it's got the most beautiful strings on it. Like the strings, I always feel that like the strings, the good strings and beautiful strings do the same thing to me almost as a voice does. Mm. When they just have that way, they can just tear your heart right open and really penetrate, you know, like right into you. And they're really, really powerful on that. And then she starts the song off with um, the start of Queen Arthi Lera in Irish, which is our, our most famous lament, I guess, lament for Art O'Leary. Um, and yeah, I just think it's just so beautiful. And I think the fragility and vulnerability of Etna as she sings it is just really tangible. 
and it just it just takes me to that place of grief that's I guess it's dangerous and it's overwhelming but I know that in my own times of grief uh, you know in the times that I've grieved for people in my life I've always felt like that it, it comes in through little cracks and you never get more than you can handle at any one time me personally you know that I remember when my mother died like I remember like lying in the bed and my friend Lloyd actually stayed with me the night, you know, and I remember like waking up in the morning and was like, I feel like there's like a building is going to crash on my head or a wall is going to fall down on me. And he was like, don't worry, it won't all come at once. It just comes in pieces in little bit by bit by bit. That's how it was for me anyway. I'm sure everybody is different, but I get a real sense of that song of that in the song from Ethna, that it's like she's telling you how it will be. And her voice is so gentle and so assured that whilst it is very it's very sad and it's very overwhelming it's too too just just on the safe side of it yeah yeah it's it's a powerful song um i listened to it a few times after you sent me it and then when i put my headphones on and listened to these on that was when it really got me you know when like you've got nothing else going on it was just uh yeah it's a stunning song um, yeah. Can you can you translate what the Gaelic uh, means? I'd Does have it... to get it. Um, can I just go up? I'd have to get the yeah. 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 The song starts yeah. with um, the first kind of verses in Gaelic, and then she comes in with the yeah. Which, um, which then I think makes when the, when then the the verse in English came in, like I was so hooked in with with the Gaelic and trying to kind of and see if it was anything that I would recognise. And then when the, when the English came in, it kind of hit me even uh, even more because you were so wrapped up with the... Uh, I know, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, hang on here, I'll get a few now. Oh, God. Can you edit this bit out? <laughs> 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 oh. Oh, so it's like um, my steadfast love when I saw you one day by the market house gable my eye gave a look my heart shone out I fled with with you far far from friends and home so beautiful yeah but it's really long like Kleena Artilera I'm just looking at it here it's it's like long 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 so it's all up there there's a good version of it on this website millstreet.ie yeah i should look at that properly um that was always one of my one uh my my grandma was uh was irish and growing up she used to always try and teach me gaelic <laughs> oh yeah I, I was just a really it was something i always wanted to do and it's something that you know as i got older i was always like looked back and uh regretted not spending more time with her doing it but um Maybe one day I'll start. Some of the There's family. It's always time. It's always time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful language. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, well, thanks a lot for your time, Pauline. It's really nice talking to you. Well, it was a really enjoyable chat. Thanks so much for having me on. And it's a gorgeous thing that you do. I'm, I, I'm really blown away by it because it's, you know, it's a poignant thing. It's a poignant time. And it's just one of those things that we all, we all, it's going to be all of us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, like as we've talked about a lot today, music's just it can be so helpful in such difficult times for people. Uh, 
mm. throughout. So it's, it's a pleasure to kind of be able to use it with people in those ways. And Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For uh, and I'll um, I'll put your links and everything in the description and encourage people to check out your stuff. And um, yeah, I look forward to hearing the new album when it comes out. Deadly. Thanks a million. Yeah, thanks a lot, Pauline. Okay. And thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'll be back with another episode soon.